0: Brain Trust. I have not done a pre-theme song hello in a while, and in fact, I'm going to do more than that. I'm going to do Twitter answers right damn now because it's been so long. I wanted to wish all of you a happy New Year. I hope you had a wonderful, healthy, safe celebration. Mine was at least safe, um, healthy, questionable, slightly under the weather at the moment. Um, I'm hoping it was because of the celebration, not an actual cold. You know, you partied hard, and that's your wish. Um, but going to do Twitter answers right now, then the theme song, and then the podcast that I recorded and meant to release last week. But you know how the end of the year goes. I was trying to take off work. I was not sober. I was trying to relax. I was trying to get my my my, my readies ready for this year. And so here right now is Twitter answers. And then right after the theme song will be um the podcast I recorded with special guest Scott Richardson – Last week it was supposed to be released last week. only thing I just realized though is what do I do? Can I play the the Twitter answers theme song before the real theme song? That seems inappropriate. um so I think I'll just sing it tweet 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 it's twitter answers talking to the brain trust of glebe of extraordinary gentlemen, the big leaprs, and all of us, the glebe nation, the glebe mob, the glob the uh, friends with benefits, you know all them things. Uh, the brain trust and the the believers that are overtaking the believers. I asked you, what do you look forward to most for this year? Hashtag Twitter answers at last week on Earth. Danielle Sepulveris, my ex, who will be appearing on a very special episode, and I'll announce it if I haven't yet right now episode of the upcoming new season of Idiotets, which debuts January 19th, coming up soon on GSN, 10 and 10.30 Thursday, new time slot. Um, An episode where all of the contestants are my ex-girlfriends. Completely bananas experience, and it will be bananas to watch. I already just saw a rough cut of it. It is bananas. They say crazy things about me. It's uncomfortable. You'll enjoy it. And celebrity episodes with celebs like Joey Fatone and comedians like Amir Kay and Adam Ray and Lachlan Peterson and Ian Bag and Joe Coy and Sidney Castillo and all kinds of good people. Sarah Tiana and um, just so many good people. Justine Marino, like great ass people. On the podcast, the entire cast of Tyler Perry's for better or worse. It was an amazing episode. Uh, a lot of good surprises. A lot of great rivalries. But that girlfriend episode, How Anyway, Danielle, sorry for the long tangent, Danielle, one of the exes on the episode, at Lsep E L L E S E P on Twitter, great author and writer of many an article, follow her on Twitter, says what she looks forward to most this year, writing something that changes the world, or at least me for the better. So that was really uh, magnanimous and then became downgraded to or just selfish. But that's cool. Goals are goals. You know what I mean? Gian Cannon at Gian Cannon says, One, Trump inauguration. Two, Trump impeachment. Three, installation of council elders. Four, first Hunger Games. (laughs) Love that. Uh, Also Star Wars, he says um crystal Nash at yes i have four kids says that my son is seizure free in 2017 his seizures started halloween 2016 had five before year end hashtag epilepsy hashtag autism that is a beautiful goal so i'd like to share it with you um i hope that will happen and um look into weed i've seen stories on legitimate news sources cnn and others that say weed can help that i believe i'm right about that but research it um, they have weed that doesn't get them high, just like CBD oil that can get them just not high, not not high. You know what I'm saying? Um, Ashley at eight, small town girl eight says, "I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. Fifty Shades Darker." Oh damn! I just saw the title of the movie Fifty Shades Darker Fifty Shades Darker yesterday, and I didn't see Fifty Shades of Grey, but I heard the sex scenes were underwhelming but still hot. I googled them, and I agreed with that assessment. But then, Fifty Shades Darker, you've got to assume they're up in the ante. I'm in. I'm always in for a good movie sex scene. That's something you can rely on with me. So I feel you there, Small Town Girl 8. Cammie Sheffield at Cammy and S. Tacos and no Trump. Seriously. You're obsessed with tacos. And my God, do I admire that about you. Bridget Woodbury at B. Woodbury, who runs the at last week on Earth Twitter account. Says, my inauguration weekend mugshot. Hashtag no justice, no peace. Damn, throwing down the gauntlet there, Bridge. Bridget lives in D.C., where the Women's March on D.C. will be on Inauguration Day. Um, Very interesting. Planning on getting arrested, I guess. Cray Zay in the Maybray. Solos Falcon at Fizzard Wizard says, celebrity idiot test. Yes, like I mentioned, great ones coming. Thank you for that. Jan 19, GSN, new season starts. Um... What else we got? We've got um, Kelly Kiefer saying, at Kelly Clicker saying, carving out time for uninterrupted binges of the Flintstones. And I'm being totally serious. I love the idea. I miss the Flintstones. I also would like to find some time to watch episodes of Cheers, which I believe are on Netflix. Best sitcom of all time. Gabrielle Mag at GMAG, our old friend Gabrielle, who was so kind to come to my show in New Orleans and make me this awesome Glebe Squad Uh, travel mug says you finding that special someone that truly makes you happy and really appreciates how great you are you deserve it that is so sweet gabrielle thank you i would like that too um maybe it's in the works stay tuned um at least hopefully it's in the works you know what i mean i'm always working and looking prowling glancing swiping you guys get it skip press at Skip Press says, tomorrow. Looking forward to tomorrow. Beautiful. Very beautiful. At Beth underscore Fezor says, a Kardashian divorce. I mean, why even mention it? it? Of course, will happen. It happens every year, many times a year. You can set your clock by it. Chris UK Brain Trust, at UK Brain Trust, the British Bureau of this podcast. And I apologize in advance because there is no Thunder Round this week. And it will come back soon. Uh, but I will... Read what he says here. Answering a Twitter answers on time. Shit. Well done, my friend. Well done, my British friend. The British Bureau of this podcast has been held down quite classily by you, I will say it. Uh, at Law ms 17 says, I plan to sneak over the border into Mexico and get a job at an American factory. <laughs> That's very clever, funny, and a little confusing. Political, too. Me likes. At Daniel oh, Daniel Lee Lewis at DDJR Lewis says, Looking forward to the Trump presidency. It's going to be pure, snarky entertainment. I do not disagree with that. Uh, on a similar but different note, at Carrie Stucker says, The beginning of the end of the world at the hands of Commandant Cheeto. A lot of people said similar things. I hope not. He is Cheeto-like. I'll grant you that. Pear Bear 91 says, Rediscovering my inner bitch. So that's... Sounds terrible But good luck John Hollowich, Optimist for PA Gov Our old pal Continuing to grow and change for the better How sweet And straightforward And not funny But God bless you. What else we got Michelle at Fab Girl Shell Educating on toxins and provide Safer beauty and personal care products to everyone Hashtag beauty counter. That's the name of her product line I don't know it personally but I do believe we have so much toxins in our food and our makeup and our things that something trying to get the toxins out, I'm in favor of in principle. Um, Eric Berkheimer at eBerkheimer82FL, first known case of father-daughter incest in the White House. I mean, wow. He definitely wants his daughter, Trump. He's into Ivanka at the convention. Came after Melania's speech, barely touched her shoulders after Ivanka's speech. Grabbed her low on the hip, all sexy. Very strange. She had to shoo his hands away. But we don't want any incest in life anywhere, let alone in the White House. So I can solve this for you. I will take Ivanka off your hands, President-elect Trump. That'll be my service to our country. I'll take care of having sex with Ivanka. You do the presidenting. Is that cool? And we've got at LetterFan saying, being on your podcast this week. I see what you did there. I see what you did there. At Brave Bones, crepes, delicious crepes. Truth, I like a good grilled chicken crepe with whole button mushrooms in there. Some cheese, mmm, deliciosa. Kimberly at Hugs and Kiss 3, putting more laughter in my body from the one and only super hilarious Ben Glebe. Laughter gives you comfort and joy. Very sweet of you, you're too kind to me, you're my eternal promoter. You and Stephanie... Walters also who says peace love happiness laughter joy kindness and promoting you Ben for 2017 y'all are too kind y'all are too kind um we've got um Nicole MT16 saying the first time Donald Trump interrupts regularly scheduled programming to call Rosie O'Donnell a fat bitch oh no uh hopefully he doesn't do that um she's a lovely person Rosie O'Donnell I don't know her personally I think she has a nice body. Did you see Exit to Eden? She's got a good plump body. Plump is in these days, okay? I'd like to say that. I mean, Trump will probably go off on her at some point. I don't disagree. At Bobby Jules, Trump being drug off in handcuffs for colluding with Russia. Possibility. Definite possibility. Half-ass overachiever, half-ass DOA saying, watching all the people I know who voted for Trump realize what they've done. Yeah, good chance. Good chance that's going to happen as well. Lori S. at Cole's mom says, you have a podcast? Hurtful. You dedicate your heart to a thing practically every week for six years, and then something like that happens. Hopefully you listen to even this one to hear yourself appear on it. And we've got CJ at M underscore blade moving to Las Vegas and proposing slash marrying my girlfriend, Debbie, also surviving the first of four years of Trump. I hope she doesn't listen to the podcast and then if this has been ruined, your proposal strategy. So shit. You shouldn't have probably tweeted that. At Allison A. Case saying, being nicer, design more, help more people, and mostly make my kids happy. That is really sweet. That is really, really sweet. And lastly, Tamala DeSursa at Tamil D. says, the apocalypse. I think I would really shine in an end of world situation. You see a lot of people thinking that. I hope that does not happen. Um, I think I'd shine in it too, but you're only shining for a limited amount of time, so I feel like it's not a wish we should wish. So let's unwish that wish, even though I do realize the podcast is called Last Week on Earth and this episode is called Doomsday Clock. But all that said, uh, I hope you all have a wonderful, cheery, bright day and Last Week on Earth.
1: Again. Can, we, can we all get along?
0: Terror, horror death, film at 11. How many sides does a triangle
1: have? Three. Damn, four. There's no sides. One. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth.
0: Everybody. It is so great to hear your voice again. I don't hear your voice. It's great for you to hear my voice. That's presumptuous, I mean to say. Listen, this is an information uh, receiving module. It's a way to perceive information. Words have been, I, my vocabulary has been shrinking by the years. Just start the podcast. It's, this is, it's already deep into it. We're a solid <laughs> 23 seconds in.
1: Perfect.
0: And I feel as though that's plenty. That's, um, sure, everyone. that's exactly right thank you for tuning in i'm gonna tell you right up up, up top because i didn't plan it because it's the holidays and i'm even a day late because of it there's no twitter answers and there's no thunder round but come the new year there'll be more full style uh with both of those in it but i'm in the car with Por former porn star with former podcast guest but more importantly i spoke about it many times in the podcast my former writing partner, current again now writing partner in a project we are secretly developing, uh, and partner And I shouldn't have said anything. I'm sorry. I should not have said
1: we that. We could start the podcast over. True. couple buttons.
0: Hello, everybody. This is the word, the, Trump, the delivery mechanism. Words.
1: Start the podcast.
0: I'm already deep into it, at least 66 seconds.
1: There's no secret project, everyone.
0: There's no secret project. We'd like to make that very Just clear. We fixed, we fixed. Yeah, we totally <laughs> fixed it. Nobody has any idea now. Let's start it one more time. Welcome back, and welcome for the first time as well, both of those, and we're starting it. Um, Scott, what? To our top secret podcast. Yep. Where we reveal all the secrets, and then we start. To do not also. Just pretend you forgot the beginning. We did the men in black thing in your eyes. Yep. And you don't know what the hell we're talking about. Do they have to see it for that door? Yeah, I was. I was, and You're right. I was. My head. Was, that's what I was doing. I'm like, I hope it's enough of a approximation of it and it would jog a visualization of the men in black thing that clears your memory but maybe it doesn't and that's an, an entire possibility um but the uh man that i i uh own comedy juice with oh only the best brand of live comedy on the planet on <laughs> the planet earth shows every single wednesday the hollywood improv for like 15 years at the Irvine Improv Tuesdays, every Tuesday for many years, Gotham Comedy Club every Tuesday in New York, and San Diego at the Madhouse Comedy Club every Wednesday. So go to ComedyJuice.com for all of our shows. Scott Richardson
1: found really long intro. I didn't know I still being introduced.
0: Yeah, you were still being introduced. You are about to leave the car. <laughs> you about to leave your own car, and I would inherit
1: your car. Yeah. I thought the podcast had been over.
0: If somebody walks away from their car, you get to inherit it if you're still there,
1: right? I think so.
0: Yeah. That's how it works. That's etiquette. You don't have any social media handles people live-tweet along with, do you? I don't. You're off the damn grid, and I admire off that, in a man. It makes me scared, and I'll never be that man, but I like it.
1: I cultivate empty space.
0: Wow, that's deep.
1: Yeah, probably was too deep
0: for the beginning of the podcast. Is that something that you actually try to do? Yeah, absolutely. Cultivate empty space. What does that mean to you?
1: Um, you have to find time to get away from input. There's just so much input in the world that we live in. I personally think it's one of the big detriments to creativity and to sort of finding your own way through life because I think we're so influenced by other people. I think it's human nature. that If you're constantly watching what other people are doing and thinking, um, you just think with the herd mentality. So I think to be an original thinker, to find your own way, um, you have to intentionally be able to turn some of that stuff off. And So I choose not to be on social media for large of that reason.
0: That's great. I want to tweet that. You're going to tweet how deep that was. All right,
1: nice.
0: I think that's beautiful. I think that's beautiful. But also, please at least acknowledge that you understand my hands are tied. You're not a performer. Oh, sure. It's and a different I, career. I have to be on it.
1: Yeah.
0: Unless I'm going to go well, in, the, in, a, in a basement, and right catcher in the rye, and then I'll just jump, you know, I've talked about that over the years, jump leaps and bounds over the incremental growth in followers. But to me, it's not about trying to hide and come out with a masterpiece. I truly love entertaining and informing and bringing content to people. And so I like being able to entertain them on a daily basis. Can you hold that for a moment?
1: Yeah, 100% agree. And, and I think it actually speaks volumes to the differences between you and I. I mean, for years as your writing partner, the most often asked question that I got was Do you do stand up? Do you perform? Um, and I always try to explain to people I preferred life behind the camera. But I think that's. That's a big difference between you and I, and therefore we have different social media participation.
0: And when you uh, and I were writing the Glebe Show for National Lampoon together... Let's so to take a deep breath for a second, guys. Just <laughs> a, 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 a no-reason deep breath. For no reason.
1: Although um, well, it seemed like there was some like frost or something. That yeah, it's mind.
0: very, cold. very this, cold. This is Los Angeles, and it's winter. Nice. So please keep that in mind. Um, but, um... Frost. would you say frost or frost? <laughs> I hope you said frost, but it I sounds like you said frost. frost.
1: No, I definitely said frost. I might okay. have a lisp tonight, but no, I said frost. Welcome to
0: the club, brother. But, um, but some Scott Rubin, the old, the old editor in chief of National Lampoon, said to you one day, we were on production of the leaves. She's like, "Don't you wish you could be doing these things and doing the, being the guy on Third Street breaking the bottle on his head and being and doing the being the hypnotist character, Zoran on, Zoran, on with the funny tag phrase?" And you're like, "Um, no, I kind of prefer." Being able to write whatever crazy thing comes into my head and making him do it.
1: Yeah, that was exactly the point. Was <laughs> you, you were the conduit. I got to think of whatever things cracked me up. I remember for years, if you remember, I had a joke. I really wanted to light you on fire for an episode. Yeah, I
0: do remember that <laughs> now I that, know that you what? mention it.
1: It was just I, I wanted to come up with a sketch or a hidden camera where you would actually have to get like one of those suits where you could light yourself on fire. I'm
0: pretty sure I set them down. I think you probably did. We just didn't oh, have the budget.
1: But we got you to fall into cakes, break bottles of course. over your head. Sure. Um,
0: who break bottles, fall into cakes, break bottles? Who missed the shot of falling into the cake? Let's just say it's cake. a
1: transvestite. I
0: mean, okay, that was not necessary to bring up, and that was not intentional. <laughs> no, and it was not intentional. but let me say, as a man who appreciates this new world of gender fluidity, yes, it's hard to tell sometimes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: none of in his defense none of us could tell until we figured it it was so funny like how uneducated we were she was hot as fuck but but even like if you heard the website now like everybody would know but the time, <laughs> don't say it
0: <laughs> don't. don't say the website okay well we don't need to pinpoint into this. This is a <laughs> historical record for Christ's sake. Here's the problem: I'll never that's be able to let go of it. A needle in the haystack. And even though Donald Trump, <laughs> <laughs> or depending on the size, at least like a sewing needle,
1: a needle in a panties. That's right.
0: Oh God. Um, but uh, every time something controversial is said, my brain goes, "Fuck! I can't be a running president ever." This <laughs> is my brain defaults to that. It's but Donald Trump has changed that.
1: Bill Clinton changed it before him,
0: and Obama admitted to using cocaine in his book. Yeah, and I I think it's a different world. George W. Bush was like a frat boy, cocaine (laughs) drinker, drunkard that didn't know
1: English. Yeah, and then Donald Trump took it to the next level by, you know, suggesting that. You should just grab women by their genitals before I feel
0: like it. So. Really taking it to the, to the next level. I recommend treating women like yo-yos. <laughs> I mean, you, you throw them, you pull them back, you can do it. You grab them by the pussy, you put string in there with scotch tape, okay? <laughs> That's what I believe you can do in your stuff. They let you do it. They're like, what? Donald, why? what's this scotch tape? Why are you bringing scotch over? Like, just don't worry about it, okay? Marla Maples or somebody from that reporting show, okay? I'm a star and I own buildings, so just if you just, went am I holding the dispenser for a moment?
1: <laughs> Great. Also, before I leave, here's this Men in Black thing. So my point Sorry, is, you God. actually, you actually, um, officially qualified now to be president.
0: That true. That's true. As an old joke of mine, I was like, the one benefit of having eight years of Bill Clinton and then eight years of George W. Bush was that you really start thinking, wow, becoming president is really accessible. Yeah. You can really just do it. And oh. Donald Trump, I mean, proves that in spades, in David Spade's backyard, probably.
1: That, that is true. Although I, I think it actually speaks to how scary of a person you have to be to become president. That's the in problem. What way?
0: I don't think it's true for Obama. I don't think it's true for Bill Clinton either. Great, amazing dudes that wanted truly to help people. And in the case of Bill Clinton, he also just, you know, was unable sometimes to control his managers. Yeah. Which he has in common with Donald Trump.
1: That's possible. But, I, I mean, it just seems to me with how much sort of backroom politics that is surrounding the Clintons at this point, is I think you is lovable i love clinton as a president but i just think that there's and i voted for hillary i'm going to preface it with both of those but i still think that there's there's more backroom dealings with that than most of us would like to admit yeah i
0: mean it's probably true for sure but but i always my counter thought to that is what do these backroom dealings what effect do they have on us I mean, I don't care exactly if they're doing things in slightly shady ways if that shadiness is not affecting me, as long as they're being good stewards of the country. It, like, that's always my big counter argument when, when people who are Trump supporters are like, how about the Clinton Foundation? They're getting paid so much money, millions of dollars. I'm like, okay, that's not ideal to pay yourself a fat cat salary to run a charity. But you're still running a charity that's helping millions of people. It doesn't bother me that much if they wanted to also be wealthy when bringing so much salvation to the world after being public servants their whole lives. That doesn't bother me. You need to get a payout. Why does public service always have to be tied with being kind of poor yourself? That doesn't make sense. That makes it not appealing for our best people to do it.
1: Sure, but I guess, it, I mean, look, I'm all for politicians should be able to be paid an amount of money that makes them, I think, compensated well for it is extremely hard high pressure work so i have no problem with them making a lot of money but it's just where do you draw the line you know take putin for instance people think he may be the wealthiest man in the entire world really yeah right if he's not number one he's not number four like he's so you draw
0: the line with common sense then you draw it at you can make 9 million a year maybe from your charity you shouldn't have 8800 billion dollars
1: yeah i mean clearly there's somewhere in between there that's right and wrong but i guess the problem is these are the, the rule makers too so it's just it gets to be slippery slope is easier to attain and they seem to be awfully good at hiding it you probably
0: probably just divide the currency. He's like, if I reduce our <laughs> currency to be just worth nothing, and I ping myself 50 times. It sounds great on numbers.
1: <laughs> exactly Think about like it. Just it's treasury, the people, treasuries. The people that can't afford toilet paper, but Putin be very wealthy. <laughs>
0: yeah. And if you want to be taken seriously as a world leader and be intimidating, your name can't sound so close to pudding. It That's, just can't. Putin, would you like some Putin? Would you like but, some delicious chocolate Putin?
1: <laughs> well, it's a funny point. He, he is the scariest human being on planet, in my opinion. He's pretty scary, dude, for sure. Pretty scary. I just, I don't, I think he's, I don't I trust Kim Jong Un I don't trust scary. the damn thing he says. Kim Jong right. Un is like, I think they're so small and like crumb-like in the scheme of things that he, he just like comes off as a crazy mofo just to like, yeah.
0: I would 100% agree if they didn't have nuclear weapons, that they're testing regularly, they're the only world power exploding nuclear weapons. They keep blowing nuclear weapons up in the <laughs> outskirts of their country. Yeah, they're trying to get it right. I mean, look, Jesus. There's no, there's like, no- they're really trying. Yes. Like, who the fuck else tries them?
1: Well, yeah, they no doubt are afraid and, and are doing what they can to arm themselves accordingly. Do you think that they would actually use. Well, that's Saving
0: why I think Kim Jong Un is scarier, just because they're it's a hermit kingdom. They're isolated from the world already. They don't care about the world. So, in a guy that's obsessed with like Western culture and video games, like the world probably seems a lot more like a video game. When you don't even see them as humans that you ever see or interact with or have to account to, your humanity is way less. I think Putin wants to be respected in the world. He wants to be a world broker. I think it. Was good for his confidence when he helped broker the getting rid of the chemical weapons in syria and then also helped bashar al assad now retake aleppo
1: i guess but it just seems to me that they are making power play after power play in the world like while south korea is sort of maybe they are the scary guy because they're in the lab north korea north korea sorry thank you north korea is in the lab you know experimenting on really big bombs but because I've been in a lab is, with a pen
0: and a pad trying to get this damn lady
1: off. That's right. But it but Putin is actively taking over sovereign nations. One He's, time. Just once. Okay, just once. And literally fighting a proxy war against the United States and the Middle East and, and really I think taking leadership of stewardship of the Middle East. So they are making massive power plays in the world currently. Massive
0: power plays I do not disagree, but I don't think stewardship just because we help in lots of countries and they're helping in one country for what they see. I think, and that's another way where that car almost hit us, where Obama was genius with in some way, the pragmatic solution he had to make with Syria by just not getting that involved and letting other countries set the, if America doesn't want a ground war in Syria, we can't win it, we're not going to bomb the shit out of a foreign country for no reason so we i think when it comes down to that showed a lot of maturity and said look we disagree but go ahead and you want to we decided not to take bashar al-assad out of power so you want to make him retake it fine you're kind of defeating out you're defeating isis when you do that so that's kind of helping the world like i think that's the big foreign policy blunder that the biggest of the obama administration that i think is a very strong valid criticism is that they did allow ISIS to form like an insane never before seen barbarian level terrorist group that is in like 30 countries and pulling off successful terrorist attacks like bi-monthly almost and is taking over vast swaths of the of the of countries of iraq and of syria and of many others you got to crush that. I've been saying this on podcasts for years. You got to crush that immediately with the full force. And I agree with Trump on that. Like, I don't think you should blow up their families, but I think you got to stop that immediately. And the world needs to say, we will not allow ISIS to terrorize the planet because you think your religion's better than ours. Like, get over yourself. You know what I mean? Um, respect other human beings. Believe what you believe and believe your belief is the truth. But just ease up on the one simple thing of making other people have to agree or you'll murder them. It's just I mean, very high strung behavior.
1: Of course. I mean look, you're you're asking do people think evil is evil? Yes. You like need to drop
0: like 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 mushroom dust on the Middle East or like Okay, but but Molly or some shit. Right.
1: I mean but if you're really talking about like pragmatic international solutions. It's
0: pretty pragmatic. We have chemical weapons that they drop and they release, like, seeing things that make people fucking actually froth at the mouth. Yeah, I mean, we could... Let's just fucking, like, for instead of bombing and killing and dismembering people and innocent people, why would it be so bad in a horrible part of the world to literally just drop chemical... Dispersed, chemically dispersed hallucinogenic drugs.
1: This is why I'd never vote for you for president.
0: I'm just spitballing. No idea is a bad idea. I didn't sign the document to this, Scott. Obviously, it would be debated amongst my cabinet. We would come to i a, a, I'm always listening to good counterpoints. But you got to let the idea happen. War. think about it, though. Actually, that's exactly probably why you should vote for me for president, if I ever ran, because that's the kind of idea, truly, that could evolve a planet. Only because but, we... How do we have no moral problem with literally dropping bombs that just kill other people and dismember them? We killed hundreds of thousands of innocent Iraqis for no reason. For weapons they didn't have, that's not something that makes us feel like all of humanity has failed. Well, if it doesn't, then absolutely... It's an idea we should consider and discuss. How about instead, let's try to open the mind of the Middle East of certain repressive governments that are stuck in a way of and and repressive terror groups and rebel groups that think you can, by way of the sword, impose your will on people. And we can do that, either with the sword as well, being hypocrites, or we can say, here, we have a magic potion that'll chill you the fuck out. Maybe we get closer to world peace. <laughs> like that's some Nobel Peace Prize-winning shit. All of a sudden, I've flipped
1: it on you, haven't I? I'd like to hear your response. My my response is. And do you have any water? I, I don't have any water. Oh, no, I know. Sorry. Have a mint, the mint. We can walk back to my car. Yeah. Mint would be perfect. Um, but I just want to be a fly in the wall when you tell the uh, CEO of Boeing and the five-star general that you want them to create a bomb that will drop. Psychedelic do you, drugs. Do you, I
0: mean, of course, being a fly on the wall would be really dope in a lot of circumstances, but um, another show you and I need yeah. to get back to developing. In some ways, it's the most simple, beautiful idea. Yeah. Um. Um. And it would be fucking hilarious. and We got to do it. And I'm not say any more of the ideas we can maybe actually do it.
1: Yeah, because it's not really the top secret podcast. We're not supposed to give away all the. Oh yeah, right. I think about that.
0: Um, with Trump, after Trump now, nothing will be weird to say. I mean,
1: what's the counter argument to this idea? It's
0: a really good idea.
1: I mean, I I understand your point is well made that it's better a flower than a bomb bomb. So, I I mean, you know, it's this, it's the Banksy. It's the, you know, but that's just on one alleyway in the corner and no one sees. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, in some ways you're right. It's a beautiful idea. Um, my my counter argument is just I, I can't imagine it, it, w- people agreeing to do it. I don't know why, and it's a weird well, thing. Of course,
0: because we don't world. think along those
1: paradigms. Yeah,
0: we'd rather kill people. That makes more sense to us. Yeah. innocent people had nothing to do with
1: discrimination. Well, okay, but you can't say that because we are trying very hard not to kill innocent people. Now, there is an exception. We're trying very hard. hard.
0: Over 100,000 innocent Iraqis is the most epic failure in humanity. It's like a fucking genocide. Not a genocide, but that's an egregious crime against... It's an egregious error. <laughs> I'll just say at the very least, most favoring I can phrase it because this is being recorded.
1: Right. Um, Fair enough. I I mean, there's... Unreal horrendous.
0: I mean, how does that make sense? On a human level, if you... We had the worst terrorist attack happen on our soil, 9-11, that killed around 4,000 of our citizens. Right. Do we think our lives are more valuable than theirs, that we can say, well, the way we're going to get back to that is not the people that did it to us. No. We're going to kill 150, I'm, I'm ashamed I don't know the exact
1: number, but 150 to 200,000 Iraqi citizens? So while I don't feel this way, and I think a lot of people in our country don't feel this way, there are plenty of Americans who would say that our lives are more important.
0: That is fucking insane.
1: I wouldn't even say that. That our lives are more important than other human lives. I'm saying I don't agree with it, but I wouldn't say it's insane to think that.
0: Why? What's the argument to, to, what's the moral argument
1: for that? Well, there's different circles of like closeness or or relationship anyone has. I think most people would agree that their immediate family's lives are more important than 10 strangers' lives. I think that would be a fairly common belief. And I don't Mm -hmm. think you could even say that that's wrong or moral. If you could choose between having your own child die, or 10 people across the world die, I think an awful lot of people in a, in a closed room where no one was looking would choose to save their own child over 10. But take members. it out of immediate family and make your argument. Well, I'm just saying this is another sphere, which is an American. There, we do draw national lines. There is an amount, and, and in fact, I think what's really interesting about what's happened in the world, be it Brexit, be it Trump, is that this is a push back towards nationalism. We went to globalism in a very strong right. way. And I do think there is 48% or whatever, you know, is winning these crazy things um, that are starting to say nationalism needs to be more important than globalism. And those guys over there that are blowing people up and doing crazy shit, let's take care of ourselves. And so I think some people would say, look, as long as we are safe here, they're blowing themselves right. up over there. I don't want to risk, you know, because I mean, then you start getting the argument that the, the reverse logic is what you said I have to
0: bang in this because
1: this is the recording device Just to
0: keep your elbow off of the center console and then we're golden oh, it's stressing me out
1: <laughs> no need to be stressed um, you even made the point that you thought it was good that we didn't get involved in these wars but the the opposite of what you're saying is if it's crazy to say that our lives are more important then I would make the argument, well, if we have the most skilled technology and military, why don't we go risk 10,000 American troops? Because that might prevent a 10-year war where 100,000 people die, and we have to do that if our lives are equally as valuable. We ought to right. spend our 10,000. So, like, it's just weird balance. Well, no, but
0: I, just, I just, I just object to the use of the word valuable or value. I don't think it's stupid to make strategies to protect your world. And you're the people close to you because that's the, that's your safe environment. I'm just saying we're not more valuable. So wherever our own self preservation is not at risk, we should then make the highest, next paramount priority, not killing other humans because that's basic humanity. And if we have to protect our own selves or like, you know, bombs going off in in our our own street, yes, we should say we shouldn't intervene in other parts of the world that are messing their own world up. But think even about like we if, shouldn't kill them
1: ourselves. I understand what you're saying, but but what I'm saying is even American policy dictates that American lives are more important than foreign lives. If you think about the way we run policy. Think about how we treat American hostages. We treat you know any foreign any American in trouble in a foreign country the lengths that we will risk the the people that we will or a lot of times, not
0: that much anymore. We're like, we have journalists that were held, being held in Iran now that have been held, and we're just like, all
1: right, well, if they let them out, we'll uh, get back to that one. There may be examples, but we've throughout history expended multiple lives on the other side in order to extract a single or a group of Americans. Sure. And we've struck back harder at times when American lo- blood is spilled. We have always struck back harder than we were hit. Be it Pearl Harbor, be it 9/11. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we don't play an eye for an eye. We play an eye for two eyes. When we for like a thousand eyes, right? And so we clearly do treat that in our foreign policy. Um, and we do when we bomb other targets in foreign countries. We have it in an, an acceptable amount of casualty. We have a zero t- tolerance for American casualty. Right. Like we won't drop a bomb where 100 Americans are going to accidentally get killed, but we will have no problem, well, not no problem, but they make the call and they pull the trigger if 100 or even 1,000 Iraqis might die in order to get one or two important terrorists, which is, of course, to save American lives in the long run. So,
0: Right, uh, which, which is ridiculously out of proportion, I think, and that's why I think Obama's drone war is much more savvy and one of the great parts of his foreign policy.
1: Yeah, I mean...
0: This moment of talk of invasion and genocide brought to you by Mentos Now Mints.
1: <laughs> pretty good mints, though.
0: When you want a Mentos now, they are pretty damn good. Yeah. I would like to see Mentos Now with the flavor pack. Do they have that? Because that, I would lose my mind over that. What do you mean flavor pack? The multi-flavor Mentos pack. The rainbow flavor. Huh. You don't know the men- rainbow f-
1: yeah, another one We of, had boxes a of it in my house. Yeah, I don't know. You lived in the garage. Trash maker. You were like sponsored by them as you toured college campuses. Yeah. For, for dollars a month. I worked
0: for Monster.com for Monster Track, making account program. I was a motivational speaker for high school students, going around high schools. Was my first job out of you college. Barely
1: looked older than high school. You basically yeah. you could have been a senior at that high school. That's later. why I've been able to relate to them so well. Yeah. and follow your dreams. You too can be a motivational speaker. To high school students <laughs> just out of high school the
0: moment you graduate college uh we we're teaching them how to make the most of high school we were teaching them how to get into college how to take the rest of high school seriously how to you know what, navigate would, the process and i inspired if,
1: thousands if, of kids look at thousands if anyone is letter. listening if, one letter if, if, the if anyone is listening that ever saw glebe speak oh yeah Ben. On mo- a monster track, inspiring high school tour of America, is that what we're calling it? <laughs> um, please tweet tweet at Ben Gleib and, and tell him that Let you know. saw him. They may tell- have not
0: made the connection. I, I was Ben Gleberman then.
1: Okay, Ben Gleberman,
0: and before I became the comedic character Ben Gleib,
1: he probably hit on the hot girls of your high school. That's hilarious, but I did not.
0: <laughs> but I did not. But there was a very strange moment at one of them where. It was like a weird moment from like an '80s comedy, like a coming-of-age comedy or something. I was giving one of these speeches, and I was, of course, always 100% professional. These are kids, but I was, you know, scanning back and forth the crowd as I was presenting the show, and I was 20, you know, three, and some of the people in this audience are 18. So, like, it's not out of the realm of the possibility to even in life date someone like that. But I'm there as a motivational speaker, and I'm being a thousand percent. Of- Respectful of everybody. And this one really pretty blonde girl sitting with her friends has a lollipop in her mouth and literally starts to try to distract me like blowing the lollipop. Like licking it seductively and trying and putting it in and out of her mouth. Like you'd see in a movie, like trying to throw me off. With like Dreamweaver playing in the back. Totally. Yeah.
1: Dreamweaver.
0: <laughs> Which is not a sexy song, but you get over it because yeah. the moment. And I the only mistake I made was when I scanned, at one point I stopped and just made eye contact with her. Like I didn't make eye contact with any other student in the crowd, but I figured like I want her to she should stop doing this and so maybe I'll look her way and get and she immediately got so embarrassed. Like I held her eye contact for like one second, she was like oh and pulled it out of her mouth and get like laughed and got nervous <laughs> and looked to her left and her right. And I was like, that was a weird life experience. Oh, uh. It was so weird, but um, other than that, the speech just went well Good. i got let- letter- I got emails and letters saying like that her daughter hated high school and did not like her her didn't understand it, didn't want to go to school, thought it sucked, and my speech changed the way she looked at the entire thing
1: nice.
0: and was like excited to learn now, it's all it matters the main thing that I taught in the thing that message I tried to impart was what I wrote in my letter to the editor when I was a senior in high school when i was senior class vice president and everybody at the assemblies would would cheer when the principal would say only 60 days to graduation they're like yeah i was like look it's cool we're going to college but you're never going to be in high school again it's a cool ass part of life to make movies about it enjoy the next 60 days don't be like rebelling so angry that you want to leave the current state of life you're in and so make the most of it. That's why the program was called making it count and it was a good fit and jason had the same job jason Bizarre. My other best friend who's who, we yet just to, had dinner with. who we just had dinner with at Bandera and who is yet to make an appearance on the podcast, but who and who, who was a very successful tech CEO and sold doc stock. But he and I used to do a traveling hypnosis and stand up show <laughs> called Stand Up and Sleep, where he and I would hug mid stage after fighting. And then the Dawson's Creek theme song would come on. And we would hug. I don't want to wait for our
1: lives to be over. I'm sure you guys have footage of it somewhere. Oh, yeah. I just found it actually. We have to do another roast. I've done a yeah, roast. Yeah, compound way. roast. We should do- roast Jason. Yeah, it's perfect. He's, he's never been roasted. No, he's perfect for it. Should we just set a date? Yeah. Okay. That's a great idea. Although,
0: he would probably not want a lot of those jokes to be hammered at him if he's a respectable businessman. It's like we're adults now. It's like when we were kids, we we're like, let's say every fucking crazy thing about ourselves.
1: I think, I mean. I bet he wouldn't want it.
0: I mean, I'm not saying we
1: broadcast it. I'm just saying...
0: But these days, who knows? I'm recording
1: this. That's
0: true. <laughs> Did you know that
1: stuff? Boinks.
0: Boinks! Scoobs! Let's get out of here! It's 11,
1: eleven We're past our time. Make a
0: wish. Oh, is that the target to end the podcast?
1: It was actually 11. Oh, it was?
0: I didn't remember that. But anyway, the point I was making is that you should make the most of your life, and... And so... If you're going to be in school, may as well enjoy the school you're in and like really get stuff out of it. Like one of my biggest lamentations in life was that I realized my love of learning just after I graduated college and finished 17 years of schooling. I was like, oh, man, that was like a like a summer camp for my mind that I just rebelled against. Because it was presented
1: to us in this like punitive way. I think that's a big part of it, is both the presentation and the forced nature of the material. Right. There's I th- no give and take. I think even college should, in, in our country, feel more like getting your PhD. Mm-hmm. Where, like, you study some amount about a science, but then you're tasked with taking a theory, using your energy, mm-hmm. and your sort of fresh perspective to, like dive into something and if you want to work on a project find a project to do
0: and if you're looking for a fresh perspective in your mouth and want to dive into something try mentos now mints they're delicious and hopefully there's a flavor pack i sorry back i hope to they're paying you at least your they're not paying me anything i just think oh. it's funny to do it but well, if you're listening mentos people he does take ring. checks sure i'm running this podcast at a loss for six years <laughs> literally i lose money every week i've never made money it's a community service I do.
1: It's very good. Do you write it off on your taxes? You should. Uh, ask your accountant. I'm I don't not know. I can't remember. I'm not an advisor.
0: I can't remember. I won't, I won't release my taxes, okay? <laughs> okay? And no one wants to know if I'm partially owned by Russia. <laughs> Nobody wants to know. Clearly, people don't care. No, they don't care. They don't care. They said I don't release really I say that I'm not tied to Russia or China. I don't have interest in either one. And I'm not going to let you know if I do. People don't care. Okay, also Rosie O'Donnell, Obama, Mr. O, Crooked Hillary. She's got a short (laughs) vagina. She does. Look at my hands. I've got a great (laughs) vagina size. I have a perfect size vagina to be president. Okay. It's one of the great presidential vaginas. Donald J. Vagina is what I call it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Do you think we can talk to that degree and still become president? Why not? So I'm not saying anything morally bankrupt. Unlike Donald Trump does on nearly a daily basis or idiotic. It's either morally bankrupt or just without common sense or any foresight or under basic understanding of international relations. But he would say, and I'm willing to give him a chance at at this. He's intentionally doing it. He's being a rabble rouser. He's not trying to follow the rules. I read an interesting article in the daily beast the other day that we've had rabble rouser presidents before. I mean, think about, I'm forgetting my history is not my strongest suit, but I'm forgetting which president it said in the um, email. Um, ah, fuck. But somebody who ran on the slogan of we're going to take back Mexico, basically, <laughs> and just did it by invading Mexico through Texas and annexing land. and was like Putin. You know what I mean? Like that's how our America got its expanse is by just taking land crazily to a degree, right? Just aggressively being like, oh, we're going to take it! We're cowboys! Woo! We're it's, it's cowboys versus Indians, you know what I mean? It's like the archetype we created, sort of, right? So, that said... Um, but I, but here's here's the thing
1: is... The,
0: Donald Trump's going to just say that he's doing that. He's like, I don't need to be fancy. I'm just going to grab and say and do and invade and be like, fuck you, stop fucking with us.
1: <laughs> well, and it's funny because going back to... Uh, I think the people that support Donald Trump are the ones who think America's success is more important than everybody else's success. Because I think whoever leads in any dynamic, but you know, if you're talking about a country, the most powerful leading country in a world will have a huge amount of influence on how the rest of the world acts. You know, we really set the tone. And so for the last, you know, however many years we have set a tone of non-expansion, non-aggression, well, at eight years only. Eight Obama years. Yeah. And, you know, I think, I personally think that's a positive for the world. I think that sends, I'm not saying it's fixed the world immediately. This is a long-term problem. But I think we need consistent, long-term leadership like that for us to have moved towards peace. I'm not going to say peace, but move in the direction of peace on our planet. And I think that moving back to an aggressive rabble-rouser stance from the top, is something that will cause a lot of conflict around the world. I mean, it's
0: very likely for sure, but on the flip, maybe one could argue that there was less conflict around the world. That's That can't be true. We were at war with everybody. So I was going to say during Bush, then during Obama, because during Obama, we were at less war, self-preserve. So look at it from that perspective. It's almost the, the flip of it, because the candidates who act like they they value our lives more, the ones in these horrible terrorist attacks happen on our land and we overreact and kill all these people in other countries, whereas a more conservative policy, and more isolationist, really is what Obama was in foreign policy and not what Trump says he wants to be. So in that way, it's not nationalism versus globalism. It's the opposite, at least with attacking people and invading and tying our blood and treasure there. So in that way, uh, conservative, not get involved in every problem in the world, Stature is way well, more nationalist and safer and better.
1: I just think the ranking goes: American money, American lives, foreign lives, foreign money. Like right. that's our prioritization. Like we literally are putting American success higher than we even put American lives, and certainly more than other people's lives. And I think that's a. Serious... You think
0: money is the top? Yeah. American money, the top, then American lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's certainly true in every like business that is like. Trying to patent genes and trying to then not support health discoveries that don 't make them money it 's like the he, the epitome of evil we 've got a lot of evil
1: even just ignoring in some of our systems ignoring the dangers of fossil fuel and climate change and being a denial, you know, denial there the science i mean the whole I know better than the scientists i mean it 's just a ridiculous stance, and I would say like in everything in my life like take the road of caution, like, you fucking put on sunscreen just right. in case. You put on your seatbelt. common sense you again. You put in your seatbelt, not because you plan on getting into an accident. Right. So. Even if you're not convinced of the science, like, it doesn't it
0: make sense to you that putting this, like, dirty smoke into the right. air that you can see stays in our atmosphere in the air and you're breathing it every day and you have to wear face masks
1: so, isn't healthy? So it's one level removed, but it's a very clear example where we are putting future quality of life, if not lives, below current money
0: for sure we do it every day all every day yeah. all day every day so yeah. that's the problem um so then two things to what degree do you think that is a truly negative force that we and value system that we're trying to impart on the world to a degree we're not doing as bad as China we're not doing as bad as other places but and then, and then that's why it's good when we have progressive presidents that try to fix that, then we're good. And when we don't, then we slip I, into being bad. I
1: think if, if with, we are the leader in the world, so we cannot shirk that responsibility. So with that status, you know, great power comes great responsibility. So if we don't lead strongly to climate change, I think we have failed as the leader. Right. Like we have, we have fucked up our job. Like I agree. And, I think you have to take that very seriously as a leader. Like you have to get the planet fixed. You have to but
0: put China sanctions to, on the too. worst
1: polluters. Mm-hmm. I agree. You have to bring more them. People. You have to bring them to the table. You have to twist their arms with whatever leverage you can to get them on board. You have to shame them. I, I don't know all the tactics you're going to use. I'm not the politician to decide what strings and levers Those to pull. Those are good with. ones, though. But I think you have to, you know, absolutely put them into a position where they follow along and they play ball, and. You know, and, and, you know, collectively, you have to get them to police the world. For sure. That's one of the most important parties if we care about. And it's, you know, it's not, and it's not, I'm not warmongering. I'm saying you police the world through sanctions, through, you know, public embarrassment.
0: China, again, I like to repeat, doesn't care about you or your lungs. They're killing you with their pollution, but congrats. Yeah. Just like that, like, it's real sarcastic in our speeches. Trump would be good at that. Oh, no, it's great. It's really great that you're <laughs> polluting the air. No, no, it's perfect. <coughs> you see me coughing not. I mean, he literally just tweeted with like Wayne's World level maturity language today about Obama. He goes he goes, "Obama, I'm trying my best to make this go smooth with the transition and President O, but clearly dash all caps. Not <laughs> not. Oh Sarcastic, passive, aggressive, not. He goes, trying my best. I thought it was going to be a smooth transition, transition. Not. <laughs> I mean, he's like a dum-dum, but he's so smart, actually. I take it back because he communicates and that's what the goal with the show, the other show we're developing now that I really want us to, to nail. I've always tried to do this podcast is to relate language about political ideas in a way that is accessible to everybody. Otherwise you're being an asshole. If you're talking over people's heads, you got to keep it simple. <laughs> So you have to use three-letter words? Yeah. Or not. Um, do you think that our in that the Bush administration is right at all, that invading Iraq and establishing democracy there is any degree responsible for the, in the immediate years following, start of the Arab Spring that made all these Arab countries think they could overthrow their governments and have democracy? Yeah. So then, is that a good use of American force.
1: I mean, I think the only answer is we'll see.
0: That's what Bush administration always says. They won't be able to accurately reflect the Know our effect, and if we were successful, for like 50 years.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, history will eventually I think have a solid opinion on it, but I think it's going to take a long time to figure it out.
0: So last thing before I cut this is when we, before we started, you said there's a doomsday clock, and being this podcast is called Last Week on Earth. I need you to explain what that
1: means. Ah, okay. So, I first learned about it from one of my favorite all-time movies, Watchmen. Watchmen. So, if you... How are going to say Annie? That's one of my other... It uh, makes me cry every time. Harry and the Hendersons for me! <laughs> Good one, too. They have a language? So, Watchmen, if you haven't seen it, it's, um, it's, it's a superhero film on, on sort of the service level, but below it has, like, some powerful, like, philosophical representations and kind of gets into how different philosophies operate and, and you know, through different characters. So, um, but in the movie, there's a clock that is always a couple minutes before midnight with midnight basically being nuclear war. Um, and so throughout the movie, the, the hand you know, gets like two minutes to midnight, one minute to midnight. Um, and I thought that was sort of an interesting convention that they'd come up with for the movie. But, um, in doing some reading about it, found out that it's actually a real thing. There's an actual clock where a group of scientists uh, internationally from different countries across the world keep actively how many minutes we are from nuclear war. And, and like the Cuban Missile Crisis, I think we were one minute before midnight. Um, but throughout history, it changes. And so, I don't know where we are right now, but last I heard, I think we were like five or six minutes to midnight.
0: Five or six? And we were one minute away before? Yeah. And, and then what what's the average? I have no context here. Have we ever gotten... To like two fifteen p.m., or is it always in the 11s?
1: It's always in in the 11s, yeah. It's think, always in the
0: 1150s, like you know what I mean? Like, what's the context?
1: I think as long as there are nuclear weapons, we'll probably always be within 10 minutes of midnight, I think is maybe the context.
0: Okay, well, it was always going to be nuclear weapons. How are you going to ever get rid of all of them?
1: That's a conversation. What's that, what's that a flashing day? light? It's a street light. Just went out on it. telling us to.
0: So. It's a real clock, and we don't know relatively how close we are, but it seems like not that close, but not
1: that far currently. You can Google it, but yeah, my 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 prediction and the doomsday prediction is that during Trump's presidency, we'll get closer to midnight than we have been since the Cuban Missile Crisis.
0: I unfortunately agree, and that's the scariest fucking thing about it. So on that
1: note, make sure
0: you try Mentos Now, because you might not have a later. Mentos Now, it's not Mentos Laters
1: fresh breath for your last kiss on
0: earth we're also not brought to you by now and laters which is just a confusing name for a candy
1: Agreed.
0: unless or greedy on your time it's like they want us always yeah they want us to eat them now and you know in that boardroom they discussed for some time i think we should call them now and before and laters <laughs> and they're like i think we should let's cover all the time zones pacific now and later for behind me so you can call them always Always. But then it sounds a little like a diaper or a rather a, uh, a feminine hygiene product. Yeah, rash cream. Rash cream. Brought to you by Mentos rash cream. If you want that stingy minty feeling from your, from, from, from your creams. Ding! Try Mentos rash cream. Now available in rainbow flavors.
1: I hope my mom does not listen
0: anymore. <laughs> Say goodnight, Susan. Um, until last week, next week. This has been... Oh, nope. Sorry. I have two weird words that before the end. I have to, since I'm running a lot, so the podcast plug what's coming up really quickly. Really quick. I'm so sorry. To the Glebe of Extraordinary Gentlemen, the Friends of Benefits, the Glebe Squad, the Big Gleabers and all of us, the Glebe Nation, the Glebe Mob, the Glob, the Brain Trust. Season 4 of Idiot Test. My pride and joy, the thing I work harder on than anything in my life. Season 4 comes out January 19th on GSN. On our news time slot, Thursdays at 10 and 10.30 p.m. Please watch it. Please watch GSN's new show, Divided, hosted by Mike Richards right before that. Very cool sociological experiment for fans of Last Week on Earth. I think you will love the show. It's trivia, and people have to work together to agree on an answer, and every second they don't agree, they lose money. And then they kick somebody off, and they have to agree who gets what share of the money. One person gets the most amount, one person gets a middle amount, one person gets a tiny amount. And they have to agree, and every second they don't agree on that, they lose money. I saw one episode where it got down to zero. Wow. And they let all their money go away. Isn't that interesting? That's very interesting. So That's 9 p.m. Thursday, January 19th, and every Thursday at 9 after that, and then there are lead-in, and Thursdays at 10 and 10.30. So you test 65 more episodes, two a week, coming at you, including one episode where four, all four contestants are my ex-girlfriends. It was the craziest thing on earth. You cannot miss it. And my 2017 stand-up tour that will not be called Neurotic Gangster, because apparently that makes people think it would be the old material that I've retired. The yet, the as-to-be, maybe the Brain Trust Tour. I like
1: it. You
0: like it? Mm. All right, thanks. The Brain Trust Tour. That's a good hashtag, too. Um, We'll be commencing at the La Jolla Comedy Store January 13th and 14th. Please get tickets right now online. Then in Lake Tahoe, at the Lake Tahoe Improv at Harvey's Hotel and Casino, the 18th through 22nd of January. And then in February, I'm coming to Buffalo, New York, and Indio, California, and then Phoenix in March. So please get tickets at BenGlebe.com. You can find the info and most of the time links to get the tickets directly. And subscribe to this podcast. Please tell your friends about it. Rate and review so that... Um, if you don't you know, spread the word the one thing I ask is spread the word a little bit of, of my comedy and my podcast and my stand up so when I come to town since the podcast is free you guys support my road work that I hit like an animal given the best show I possibly can every single show for 16 years bring a big group out tell your friends come on out and laugh your ass off for an evening when I come on the road to your city that would be super cool until last week next week this has been Thank you, Scotty. You're welcome. Last week on Earth.